Amen. So David, he was a exceptional uh, spiritual warrior, and at the same time, he was a prophet. And I have preached many sermons uh, um, according to the Psalms. And we've been talking about these ancestors of faith, but never. Never, the great thing is not upon the greatness of our ancestors, but especially with David, what's great about David is that after he committed sin, he was able to uh, go into very uh, such a deep repentance before the Lord, and after he repent about that sin, he will never uh, have relationship with that sin anymore. That means that he loved God that much, and in that way, our our issue, our problem is that we do not repent sincerely. We continuously commit same sin over and over again. I mean, we are the same. I mean, it, it applies to me too. And 33 years ago, uh, there was many issues of sin that I have caught up at an instance when I met the Lord 33 years ago. But, years ago, but um, our issues usually is that we don't um, repent deeply like David did. That means that we don't pray believing in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. This is an important story, I mean, important um, statement. So, at this point, you should be able to see uh, what kind of problem, problems you are facing and what kind of sins you should repent about. But because you are not being able to see this, many people are still in their own self-centeredness. And we've been hearing these stories over and over again about this self-centeredness, but, but in, in conclusion, I mean, if you live in self-centeredness, it means you are just having, you only live, um, you have this image of Christian. You are not being a Christian itself. And you should uh, consider this seriously. So in 2,000 years of Christian history, uh, the ancestor did not, if you look at the uh, story of Zhang Yong, but anyways, um, he repented so much that he hated, it seems like he hated himself too much. I mean, so that's how much he repented about himself. In his book, he, in order to solve all the issues of sin, he, he pinned a, a needle on his body because he wanted to feel the pain of cross and he pinned the subjects of sins that he he's, he wants to um, solve. But you know, do not do not try to do that. But. But that's how much, oh, it's not him, it's her, but that's how much she, she repented. But we are too self-centered. I mean, then, when we hear that kind of story, and when we listen to uh, David's story, when we look at his story, 
he was a person who actually saw the power of the blood and he sincerely believed in that power and he, he finished all his sin with one repentance. And just like, just like the, the census, um, God is even accusing, um, not accusing, he's pointing out to David the sin that even many people would not even consider that as a sin. But because it was David, God is um, asking him and he is telling him, pointing out to him that it is a sin. But David did not... Um, answer reply back to God and say Lord uh, why is it a sin no but he he confessed to the Lord Lord I do not want to be punished by the hands of men Lord you yourself punished me and he chose to be be punished by him that's how great he was so, so as we look at Psalms 27 we, we could see, and this is the Psalms that explains and describes how much David is uh, concentrated on God. And in this morning, I was trying to, um, you know, I was searching, searching out the Psalms, which Psalms I have not um, preached online, and I found out I have not preached. I could not find Psalms 27. But anyways, but anyways, David was a great warrior, and at the same time, he was a prophet, and at the same time, he was a person who pleased, who was pleasing in God's heart. And, and how could what was the secret that David was able to become a man like that? For which for which reason did God treat David? David as, as a precious person like that. And even in our church, David was the most popular person to be voted for the character. But, uh, you know, if you go to Israel, probably if you ask Israelites who you like the most in the Bible, then they would probably answer David one of the most. So, so no, none, of, none of us made a right guess about this Costa Rica. So, so you know, be freed from your <laughs> your burden or you know, guessing. You know, God is so precious that he he was thinking and he was considerable. He is very considerable that considerate that everyone would be you know thinking about it and meditating upon it for for days that he made everyone to guess wrong. So anyway, uh, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. And stronghold of my life. So, and this is an expression that is often used by Apostle John. And also David is using this expression. When, when David is saying, the Lord is my light, he is in the situation of a war. He's in the midst of a war. And when he said, he's my light, 
David is saying, even though he is in the midst of the darkness, he is not choosing, he does not choose to be in the darkness. So this, this is the beginning of the faith. Many people, when suffering and tribulation problem comes, or something, some kind of situation comes, then they, they misunderstand that that kind of thing or situation, trouble, uh, are the, the things that make me difficult. That's the reason why they usually fall down. But even in those, that kind of darkness, if you choose to live and stay in the light, then, then the light will, uh, will take control over you. Genesis chapter 1, the Lord created, the Lord created light, but He did not create darkness. And after the light is created, if you do not receive, if you do not receive that light, then you will be in the darkness. So this is an ironclad law. This is clear. He does not have money. That's darkness. But if he, if he does not choose to do that, if he chooses to stay in light, would that be a problem to him? No. So, um, Deacon Daeung is, he wants to move, move from, move to different house, but he does not have money, but he chooses to stay in light. So, uh, you know, Pastor Kim is at the same time making fun of him and <laughs> applauding him at the same time. But anyways, the Lord is my light. So you never, never forget about this. You need to choose whether, whether, choose to think whether this situation would rule over me or whether I will rule over that situation. So that, that's the point where this spiritual warfare ends. So you need to put on the right button. Um, you need to push the right um, you need to be in the right process first and there are many of you who consider choosing the light is difficult but David tonight he does not say he is the one who gives me light or instead he is the one who gives me salvation no he said he is the light he is the salvation what does it mean David does not say give me the salvation or give me the light no what does it mean it means that David is proclaiming that his presence is with me. The light is with me. So in our perspective, because he is within us, we don't need to ask him to give us something. Because he is within us, we have everything within us too. So this is how strong the proclamation of the children of God. And this has such an important meaning. He does not say, give me the light, give me the salvation. Instead, he says, Lord, you are the light, you are salvation. It means David is standing as a being who is standing next to the Lord. So in our perspective, all we need to do is just to proclaim. We are not the one to receive something from far beyond and do something with it. No, because all we need to do is to stand by him. We have everything in us. So all we need to do is just to proclaim. This is order. This is clear. This is a spiritual fact. This is like something that applies to someone and some, it does not apply to someone else. No, this is a natural authority that exists in, the, in this world. He is light. What is salvation? 
He is in the midst of a war. And David, he is a strong spiritual warfare, and he is so experienced, and he is very um, experienced in, in, in those war tactics, uh, strategies, and he probably understands the geometry around, the, uh, not geometry, geography around that area that very well, and he knows about his enemies, but, but what it means that he confessed that he is my salvation, it means that he does not rely upon the strategy or the geography or the information that he knows and he has. What's the limitation of your own knowledge and own information? The limitation is that you can um, know something from that today, but tomorrow you you don't you can't guarantee what will happen tomorrow. But David understood that the Lord, he, gave, he will give him all the materials, all the aspects, all the information that is needed to overcome the enemy. So if you live upon your own thoughts, you sometimes think those kind of people are very intelligent and very keen, but, but they will fall eventually fall into his own trap. So, brother Sun Chan, make your face, um, you know, happy. You know, you know, write happiness on in on your forehead, for on behalf of us. So, listen carefully. This may seems like a small difference, but it will bring a great difference later on. At this point. You know, Pastor Kim has been, your pastor has been um, repeated, repeatedly uh, emphasizing, do not live according to your thoughts, do not live according to your methods. You should be able to know why. So your thoughts, your information, your knowledge, he cannot guarantee tomorrow. He cannot react to all the, the variables that will happen tomorrow. So when David said, he is my salvation, it means that it means that no matter what kind of weapons do does the enemy have, what kind of uh, strategy enemies have, so would that be prompt to David? No. But because we are so used to living according to our thoughts, we, uh, we are so used to have worries. What does it mean that we are self-centered? It means that with your own strength, you are trying to, to solve all the cases that happens in your life, all the situations. So that's difficult. And when, when David says, um, I will not be afraid, even, even uh, the multitude will surround me, is that a lie? No. Because he had this kind of faith to David. To David, God is a God who pleased him so much. And many people, when they live according to the reaction of their flesh, even though they do not say like that, but 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 they they should feel, they would feel like oh, even though I I am living by God, I I say I I am living by God. I am so afraid. I'm so worried. I'm so concerned. So if you live by your flesh, 
It is impossible to confess like, oh, Lord is so pleasing me. You, you are so, so good. It is impossible to, to confess like that. But us, when we live by the Spirit and when we rely on Him, it is so natural for us to confess like this every morning. So look, so this is not a small thing. So, so you cannot use your own knowledge, own information, own weapons. So instead, you rely totally upon the Lord. So you wouldn't have any desire to make something, to prepare something. And practically, to David, God provided everything. And he's the one who always hears his prayer. And there's no reason for God to not hear David's prayer. And for us, when we when we pray to the Lord, Lord, give us money. And because because when we get the money, we ask, we will we will be polluted. That's the reason why God cannot give us the money. So, so in your thoughts you may think that uh, if God gives you money then you will you you will devote your life you will bring lots of offering I mean but that's a misunderstanding right I mean in the first place I mean if you want to give so much why would you ask in the first place so anyways any changes, any situations, David knew and understood that he is in the center. The Lord is a salvation. So in the midst of any, any, any circumstances, he, he did not um, worry about it. And he did not consider any of those as a hindrance of his life. So in our terminology, he was the one who, whose fleshly influ- influence was totally disappeared. So whether whether he has money, he is not influenced. Whether he does not have money, he is influenced. Just like Paul, um, he could stay in, in all circumstances. So David confessed nearly the same. I, I mean, exactly the same. Just as Paul confessed in Philippians. But this is not a simple confession. In, in every circumstances, in, in all situations, he's saying that uh, he doesn't ha- he does not have to react by anything that he has. So naturally, his life is very light. Even though he's a king, let's let's say that all the high officers they bow down before David. But David, he had even though he could do so much, so many things, but he did not choose to do anything unless God tells him to do so. So his life was very light and easy. And I always say, why can you not go before the throne of grace? Because you are so heavy. You are too burdensome. And you're so used to live by your own thoughts and methods. And it's impossible for you to bring all those kind of things upon your shoulder and go before the throne of grace. So in Psalms 50, 
after committing sin, David asked, the thing that David asked was not his crown, but instead he asked for the glory. Look at Saul. He, his concern was, oh, what if my crown is being taken away by others? So it's a complete difference. Look, everything is God's grace, right? Amen. Amen. All is God's grace and all is given by God. But so when when we receive those, exactly speaking, how to solve how to react and solve those is is different story by people. But David completely, ever, ever since he was young, he kept living a God-centered life and he became a person who was able to um, receive everything given by God in God's perspective, in God's way. He was prepared. So even though if you are in the same grace, because you are so bound, it is difficult to have that kind of um, faith. So, so, sincerely speaking, Oh, uh, I bless you that you should desire that God will be everything to you uh, from the deepest part of your, your belly, your stomach. Um, you need to empty yourself so that God could fill you. And in all the tribulations of David, God had many purposes. But eventually, the reason why God allowed David to stay in those tribulations is to um, make this beautiful spirituality of David to um, become brighter and brighter. And verse 1 continuously, David is saying, the Lord is a stronghold of my life. So this light, this light and this stronghold of life stays within the salvation and life, light. So this means that the, the power of life is weak. If you do not live under the influence of the light, which is the life, and if he keeps shines his light toward you, all your life uh, will, will point um, toward this, this direction that God shows. And if you have this strong life, um, you normally you would have... Uh, this this power to break through within any within most cases of, of tribulation or difficulties but if you conversely if you do not live according to the word if you do not live according to his life then then you don't have any power to break through so if you if you meet a small hindrance or small trap you fall down upon them and why do we give up upon our prayer so easily? Because the, the life, power of life is so weak within us. If you have a strong power of life, then going into the den of lion is a no, it's not an issue to us. And these days I'm, look, I'm reading a book of Job. 
Even though Job was in a, such a desperate and difficult situation, he still stood before the Lord and kept his eyes fixed upon him. In Proverbs, the Proverbs you say, um, despairing within in the days of tribulation, it, it shows it shows the weakness of the life. If you have a um, powerful strength of life, no matter how strong the enemy's stronghold is, you will be able to break through and break down those, those strongholds. If you continue to live by the Holy Spirit, if you keep by live, if you continue to live by the Word, you will show this power of Holy Spirit continuously. So this stronghold uh, in Korean translation is power. But you know he's explaining about this stronghold. The word stronghold it means that this life is a stronghold which enemies cannot um, break through. So when David is then staying within the Lord, it means that he's staying within a safe stronghold. If you look at First Samuel, uh, King Saul came to kill David. Uh, David had a chance to call, um, kill Saul in in a cave, but he did not choose to do so because he was not worried. He was not concerned. So, so if you're concerning, if you're worried, it means that God is not becoming a stronghold to you, and you're not staying in his stronghold. And at the end time, we are going into a darker era, but if you do not stay in his stronghold, you, you will... It is natural for you to be afraid and fall into um, despair. So you should always believe that God is your stronghold. Then you will be safe and safe, safe and sound. Verse 2. When the wicked advance against me to devour me. And David uses this term a lot. David says, Lord, Lord, you know, you know, kick, kick out those enemies, you know, destroy the children of my enemies. David uses this kind of terminology a lot. So, so C.S. Lewis uh, writing the uh, what's it called the book of Psalms when he was reading these kind of things C.S. Lewis said oh how could David such a such an immature prayer like this but no but the reason why David was saying is not out of his own centeredness so many people when people live according to their own own benefit they consider someone who bring damage or bring loss to him then they would consider that person all, all loss or, or a wicked <laughs> So you should be be you should be objective when you see someone at if you look at someone you need to have a, a clear standard between the wicked and the righteous. At least, if you have truth, you should have this clear standard between the wicked and the righteous. Right. 
David is not praying like, Lord, please be on my side no matter what. No. David was able to stand before God's righteousness and justice. And David was able to boldly say, Lord, look at this, look at me. See who is the righteous and who is evil. So, so you should not say that, oh, because he brings me benefit, he's a righteous. No. Before God, he's wicked, so that's the reason why he's wicked before David. Um, let's, let's look at Psalms 140. There comes a, such an amazing confession. Uh, 141 verse 5 Let a righteous man strike me There is a kindness Let a righteous man strike me There is a kindness How amazing this confession is How amazing this confession is if someone comes and hassles me or if someone comes and distracts me then we consider that person an evil right so that's how dangerous living in self-centeredness so if you're self-centeredness you will eventually draw all the evil if you realize this you should be able to repent deeply and if you live in self-centeredness and if you cannot see this even though you're in a great darkness and sin you will never be able to see yourself your own sin or let's say oh that, that person that person praises me that person gives me benefit but later on you found you found out that person is such a wicked person for example you found out something that dark from your own family member so you should not be blind but like that and you should have this object, objectivity between the righteous and the evil if you lose that, you will ruin both yourself and the people around you. So this term, the wicked, that David used, this is not a simple confession. Because he is wicked before God, he is wicked to me. And if he is righteous before God, then he is righteous to me. David, who had this clear standard. This is the reason why um, God considered David such a precious man. So because this objectivity is clear, David was able to have this deep repentance. So if, he, if you lose this objectivity, you will be never able to uh, repent because you would never understand what is right and evil. Especially the pastors. Um, you guys need to get out from your self-centeredness and have this objectivity. So let's say uh, in a humanistic way, if this person's are, if this person is good to me, then he's a good person. No, this is something that I've been emphasizing to the ministry always. But pastors should always have this objectivity. Not saying that you should not love everyone, but at least you should have this clear standard between righteous and the evil. Then, then, you, then you will be able to um, get be freed from this humanistic relationship. 
So if you're a pastor, you must, even more than anyone else, you need to get out of your self-centeredness. Seriously, pastors, we have many pastors sitting here. Examine yourselves. Let's have Pastor Yoon write, write a paper about, about this brother. But examine yourselves whether you are self-centered or not. It's a serious matter. I mean, it's such a tragedy if you stay in self-centered and still pastoring. It will be a tragedy for uh, church members. But anyways, this is not a pastor's conference. I will continue. But look here, verse 2 of Psalms 27, When the wicked advance against me to devour me, this expression is that I'm a lamb, and these wicked are, are the, the um, uh, what's it called, the, the predators. What does that mean? What is this? this? But in fact, David was a strong warrior, but why is he saying a metaphor like this? He's, a, he's saying that he's a strong warrior only when the Lord is next to his side. This is a very practical uh, faith of David because David was a person who could not do anything when the Lord is not with him. So it was impossible for him to try anything when the Lord is not next to him. And even, even in Second Samuel, surely David had a chance to kill Saul, but he could not. Why? Because it was prohibited to kill the anointed. So because God did not allow, uh, it was not, not because David was not able to do so, no, but it was impossible for him to do, do so. That's how much he let go of his own strength. So look at his spirituality. Look at his psalms. Normally, when we make a decision, usually, in most cases, those decisions are made out of um, uh, our, our information and experiences. Mostly. But, but I always emphasize this in the leadership training. But if you, if you surely live by the Holy Spirit, what's the manifestation that happens in your life? That you will become a person who cannot do anything unless the Holy Spirit commands you to do so. Even though, even myself, if the Holy Spirit does not tell me to pray, I mean, preach, then I should not be able to preach. And even and if and if the Holy Spirit uh, tells me not to do or does not command me to do anything and if I still do things well that, that means I'm in a, a very dangerous state how is that possible if you can ask how is that possible but, but you know 
for David, uh, it was impossible for him to go into a war or um, rule the, the country, no. So ever since he was young, because he walked together with the Lord, he did not choose other ways but to step, take step by steps uh, with the Lord. So when he was before, before King Saul, in order to um, receive the armors to go before Goliath, he confessed, uh, no, I, I fought against the bears and lions with the Lord. So that's, that's how much he was trained to live with the Holy Spirit ever since he was young. So in front of Goliath, David had his thought that uh, no matter how big he is, it does not matter. If God is with me, then I could kill him. So he is a person who characterized to live, characterized this living with God. So from now, you all should characterize living with God too. Then surely you should go out from your self-centeredness. All the people that appears in the Bible, they're the same. They're the people ever since they were young or the from the point that they met the Lord, they chose not to live by themselves and they they lived the life to kill and die to themselves. And finally they received they received this pure faith and they have done lots of great things. Let's continue. We are in verse 2. Which verse are we on? Verse 2. So, it is my enemies and my foes. Because they are the enemies of the Lord, they are my enemy, my foes. He is saying that because they are God's foes, they are my foes. Even though David is saying that even though I'm like a lamb, they are predators, but at the end, who will stumble and fall? They will stumble and fall. So David was not like afraid of them and saying, because they are like predators, I'm afraid of them, they are so strong. No, he did not confess like that. And he had this faith, faith toward this ultimate victory. David had never doubted about this, this victory. So no matter what kind of opponent comes, what is important is to stay with the Lord. And that, that outer um, aspects has never changed the direction of David. Do you have ultimate victory right now? Even if you have such a difficult situation around your life, if then, even if you have such a difficult situation, if you have ultimate victory, then you're, you're good. So to the world, to the enemies, do not put any meaning or do not like acknowledge their victory. Do not, you know, allow them to show their possibilities. No, they are only the beings who will be under our feet. So do not consider this very seriously. Let's continue verse 3. So are you receiving the words well? Verse 3. Though an army besieged me. So, so this shows an explanation of what kind of situation David was under. So this army came from the word Mahanaim. So, so it's not a normal army. 
So he, it explains an army with a very, um, very strong formation. So, so let's say we have a. Um, uh, uh, he's using this army terminology. I don't know this well, but you know, under a. Um, uh, you know, so you have different, you know, these these structure in the army, right? If you if you are a general, you will be able to rule many different um, uh, troops, right? So you know, so like like let's say a division or. Or a brigade or something like that, you know? But anyways, just like that, David is explaining about this great uh, multitude of army having a great formation. And Saul did not send a single troop of an army or single like squad of an army to, to kill David. No, Saul sent a great army to kill David. So it's not a small thing. I mean, and who and when we see this in, in David's perspective he it was we could have said that it is it is okay for him to he had a right reason to be afraid of, of afraid of that army right like there are like um, troops of arrows troops of spear troops of um, different trained animals Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Why was David not afraid when he was uh, confronting a great multitude of army? Because, because first of all, he feared the Lord. He feared the Lord. And secondly, Secondly, David believed that no matter how great the amount of army is, they will never be able to defeat the army of the of the Lord. And he was staying in this safe stronghold of the Lord. He believed in this omnipotent Lord, the Lord who loves him. He had this clear standard in him. So faith is not something like faith is a practical power. It's not like a very um, emotional safety or something like that. No. So David had this confidence to break any army that would besiege him. So faith, I always emphasize that faith is a practical power. It's not an emotional thing. It's power. It's practical power. Practical ability, because and because David had this ability, this power, practical power, he was not afraid at all. So in your life, in any circumstances, if you are becoming worried and if you are becoming afraid, it means that you are not under God's rule. You are not having the faith. You are afraid because you don't have money. Uh, it's not matter of money. It's, it's not matter of people. You need to believe this. This is a matter of not staying under the Lord's rule. So you are being you are being deceived. 
You're being this like, oh, I don't have money. I mean, how could I survive next month? I mean, nothing in this world. What is stronger than the Lord? Why are you not trusting the Lord? What else in the world is more powerful than the Lord? Right? I mean, it is impossible for us to be afraid of anything else when we are serving the greatest of, of all. And there are some of you who are like accusing yourself, oh, that is me, that is me. Because the attack is so severe. No, do not, do not receive it like that. And this kind of day, you know, it seems like I need to, you know, encourage you, like, no, then, then you will be arrogant. It is better for me to, like, keep, keep oppressing you guys. I preached 33 years. So I understand, I know what kind of status you are in. Sometimes I need to wake wake you guys up, but, but sometimes when, when people are dozing off, I just let them sleep. <laughs> but anyways, tonight is a night that I need to use this kind of method. But anyways, um, please be awake. Please be awake. And let's continue. Your senior pastor is such a fun person, right? <laughs> so, because of David, one person David, Saul um, raised such a great army, but he was not afraid. Though war breaks out against me, even even then I will be confident. So David is seeing David is seeing this formation of an army coming toward him, but he he was not even just calm, but he was even confident. So ever since he was young, David was never afraid of that kind of situation. Uh, I always confess that I was never, ever since I believed the Lord, I have never uh, feared anything or any spirit or any person. But it's not about who I am, but it's about who is dwelling in me. There are probably some of you, some of you <laughs> who confess like me. I mean, ever since I believe in the Lord, I was never afraid of anything else. I mean, Deacon Songyeon, you are same, right? You, you are like, I'm not afraid of anyone else except for my wife, Seungha. <laughs> but anyways, never mind. There's nothing that you should be afraid of, right? I'm not talking about you, but you know, you know, I'm asking you to think about others. You don't understand, right? So it's not a matter of us. We don't understand why they are afraid of. Because we left the world for such a long time. Now I forgot why people are so afraid of the world. <laughs> and why are you afraid of your wife? You're not afraid of her anymore? Any longer? <laughs> Let's ask one another, are you afraid of anything? Are you afraid of anything? Ask one another. Hmm? 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 
So you know our church members, we, we are not afraid of anything else, right? You're not afraid of anything else, right? You're afraid of something? What are you afraid of? The devils? No? Please tell me. Me? Afraid of me? What are you talking about? How could you be afraid of such a kind and gentle person like me? You know, if you are afraid of me, then, then you are in a serious situation. But anyways, being afraid of something is not a small issue. It means that you have not met a fearful Lord. If you meet the fearful God in the right way, then you will no longer, you will never be afraid of anything else anymore. Being afraid is not a small thing. Why? It means that the fear itself is not that great, but if you are afraid of something, it makes you lose your reverence toward the Lord. And it makes you lose, lose the power of breakthrough in your faith. So the fear itself is not strong, but it, it brings damage, it brings loss to your reverence and your power. So fundamentally, when you meet the Lord, you should not be afraid of anything. But if you are afraid of the Lord, it means that you are not af- you have not met the Lord. And you have not solved the the um fundamental reason of that fear whether it's hurt whether it's spiritual wounds whether it's you know despair so when when God comes in dwelling in you he begins to solve things and the representative things two two biggest things that he solves um, in the first place is our unbelief and our fear why? Because we must live by faith. This is a two big things that Holy Spirit comes and, and clears out. So if you are still under unbelief and fear, it means that whether either 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 you have not met the Holy Spirit yet, or either you have been affected by those um, over and over again in your life. So you need to solve this. So within with these two things, unbelief and fear, you you cannot live with Holy Spirit. It is impossible to live with unbelief and the truth at the same time. It is impossible to have fear and faith at the same time so this, these are two things that you need to solve as soon as possible you need to know what's the reason you are still having these so I'm saying it over again never a person who met God in the right way will be afraid of anything even the greatest ghosts come they will not be afraid of anything I will say this once again this is a normal thing so if you are afraid of something, it's a serious issue, serious problem. Be gone. All the fear, be gone. Huh? 
So how dare, how dare these spirits can touch the people who have God's spirit? So my first ministry was uh, delivering out devil in in a seven-year-old girl named Tayon, and she had such a great, great uh, devil in her that, that around. 대전 area there were famous seven um, shamans in 대전 area that they came and so called pray for made a ritual for her but but this devil did not go away and this famous old monk came to pray for her but he even ran away from her but first when i when i saw her i you know i saw her kicking like um, 11 12 year old boys um, you know flying flying around but when i when i went there she she shivered she shivered and she, she <laughs> within me i i, I was like i was very very happy so you know what I'm trying to say is that you should you you don't have to be afraid of anything. And there are some of you who know that that you have fear in you, right? You need to repent deeply about this. Not only towards the spiritual beings you are being afraid of, there are some of you who are afraid of people, afraid of money, afraid of material. So when you are afraid of something, you are allowing that, that uh, object of fear to have control over you, to rule over you. There are people who don't have money, then, then, then you lose your control, right? You keep calculate in your head, and that kind of people keep thinking that oh, because I'm like this because I don't have money. When I have money, I will no longer be like this. No, it is an evidence that you are allowing the money to have uh, control over your life. So you are afraid of money, and some of you are afraid of people because you lost the authority of people. This is immorality, but you don't have to even say that it's immorality. You are afraid of people. So it's a little different. Immorality, you are having a very distorted relationship between people, but if you have a fear against people, it's more like a hurt. Let's say when I was young, my father, my father, um, went bankrupt big time he failed the business big time then these kind of people these, pe these kind of people have heard uh, about money usually about material and you know one of our elder son he used to have a herd like this and today today I had a lunch with our elders and I I talked to him and you know you know you went you passed through that difficult days and now you are having a such a um, precious um, pretty daughter-in-law son-in-law you know Amen. 
Anyways, fear. So look, so you should not fear. And the reason why David was not was able to not fear about anything is because he lived a life like that ever since he was young. Whether it's against bears, lions, it does not matter. I bless you that you will have such a confidence like this. And not only, not only, even the the war began, David was not just calm, but he was confident. So this is such an amazing thing. He's seeing, he's watching this such a great um, multitude of army coming toward him, but he's not even just just calm, but he's confident. Is it, is it just a boasting? No. And the, the secrets appear from verse 4. Why was David able to be calm and confident in that kind of situation? Uh, to, to make it short, David, David was under such a great presence of the Lord. So because you have never uh, stayed in his presence or if you, because you don't have a good relationship with the Lord and you don't know how to stay in his presence, you are being afraid of something, you are being concerned. So in eyes of David, even though these enemies are coming toward him on a chariot, on horses, but, but to David, in his eyes, it seemed like a slow video to him. Slow motion. And he was under the calmness of the Lord. I'm not something, I'm not telling you about something super spiritual. And probably many of you have experienced this kind of situation. In the same situation, if you do not have God's presence, but if you have God's presence, then you will be able to stay in calmness, quietness. When, you know, when we were in different building, there was this one kid who caught himself on his face, right? I don't, I don't remember who he was. I remember who that was, but... But even if you um, experience that kind of issue, you are calm. And when Enoch, he died, we we did not we were not shaken. I prayed three times for him to come back to life, but you know he did not come back. But anyways, to the people who have not characterized the fullness of the Holy Spirit, they are easily um, they are easily concerned if they lack something. They have to find something to solve that issue or the situation. So being calm, it means that these situations and circumstances will not give me any influence. So you will never be afraid of that. Because you are not influenced by that situation, it means that it means that that person is ready to be victorious over that situation. 
If you are calm toward money and because you are not being influenced by that money, it means that you are ready to be victorious over the money. So at this end time, everything will go into poverty, but the people who are staying in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, to those kind of people, they have no problem to uh, receive everything by the Lord and to survive and uh, overcome that poverty. So at the end time, for example, let's say Argentina, if you if you um, land about you know one thousand dollar, then you have to pay back ten thousand dollar back to the to the bank. So the, the inf, in, um, inflation is too too great, and I mean not only Argentina. At the end time, Argentina is such a, showing such a good example about the end time, and the world will be turned like that. But within that kind of situation. There will be people who will have no problem living in that kind of situation. Who are they? They are the people who characterize the fullness of the Holy Spirit. To those people, that situation would not have any, any difficulties or any issue. You will have those signs and miracles like five breads and two fish. You will see how it's possible in, in, that, in that time. So from now on, you will have to prepare yourself to become a person like that. But if you keep let your worry, let your um, difficulties uh, proclaim victory over you, then you will, you cannot be prepared. There are some of you, um, to many of you, there will be lots of aspects, specific aspects that will usually bring despair and, and fear in, in certain areas of your life. For example, some of you, it will be people, some of you, it will be money. You need to solve all these. So this this quietness, this calm, calmness, or this confidence, these are the secrets of David's victory. This is important. You need to be 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 silent and be calm. Look at Moses. Did Moses fear before the Red Sea? No. Every every people who stood before the Lord, they were in, in this this quietness, this calmness. Uh, Jesus, Jesus fed the people with five bread and two two fish. Do you think Jesus um, trembled? No. He was probably in calm. I talked about this in the Eyes of Typhoon sermon. Even though the earthquake comes, the fire, fire, um, there's a big fire within that place. What did God um, exist there? I mean, did God stay there? No, God was in the quietness. And because you are you are in calmness, you should be you could be able to see see and um, examine yourself. This should be your characteristic. So. 
if your characteristic is all about this uh, this uh, loudness, rushness, then then you will you are allowing the enemies to grab hold about them. In perspective of wisdom, in perspective of wisdom. You know, now our, our high schoolers, you guys see see how the world is is running, right? With one impartation, uh, these people became wise. Anyways, verse 4 comes a secret about this confidence. So, out of all things, we should desire to enter into the calmness of the Lord. Why do we... Why can't we experience entering into the throne of grace? Because your spirit is not calm. You don't know whether you have been there or not. This is something that I, this is a term that I use, use often. Um, you are, you seems like you're not moving, but you're moving. This kind of calmness, this, you, you should not explain this. If, if the fullness of the Holy Spirit is characterized to you, then, then you will experience this. Let's say once again, if you are in this kind of confidence and calmness, you should you will be aware of, of, of all the situation. You, need, you will be aware of how you should follow the direction of the Lord, how you should follow the will of the Lord. So, so people of God should always be in this calmness. We have talked about Nehemiah yesterday. It does not matter what kind of characteristic you, you had before. But if the Holy Spirit, uh, the fullness of the Holy Spirit is embodied to you, you will be, you should be um, keen. You should be, uh, you should be, um, you should be not cold-hearted, but um, cold-headed, cool-headed. Or uh, meticulous, meticulous. So these kind of characteristics must be the characteristic of people who have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this thing do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all days of my life. So he is under a war. What what do you think, what do you expect for David to ask to the Lord? What, what do you think this one thing would be? The victory, right? Victory or the power over the enemies. Why? Because he was under a war. But let's, as we see, no, that was not the answer. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. House of the Lord. I mean, this is not a right subject to, to pray for under uh, circumstances of war, right? 
But why did David pray like this? House of the Lord, it means that at that time, at that time, it probably meant a tent, right? House meant a tent. Or tabernacle. So, so, House of the Lord, it means that David is saying that, Lord, I want to, you know, worship you, you know, worship you as much as I want and pray to you as much as I want. So, so in our perspective, let's, let's just think, in all the situations and problems, do you think, do you think that it could be our hope for us to pray as much as we want, as much and worship as much as we want? Would that be the only only thing that we could seek before the Lord? Do you think it could be our, our prayer subject? I mean, for me, I think myself would have prayed like, Lord, give me the victory. But instead, David said, how could David said and prayed, Lord, I want to uh, worship to you and pray to you as much as I want. Well, it's simple. The reason is simple. So tabernacle, it means the eternal dwelling place. So we can think of David's, all the writings of David's psalm is not centered on the circumstances of David on the earth, but instead, instead, when David falls down before the tabernacle of, the, of God, then he uh, automatically went up to this eternal dwelling place before the Lord. And David sees that all the angels joining him in praise before the Lord as he kneeled down before the Lord. And this is, this is our practical image when we worship, right? So when we when we pray before the Lord, we go directly before the throne of grace. So David, not only he just he just simply he simply just uh, laid down on this earthly tabernacle, but instantly as he laid down, as he kneeled down, he opened the heavenly gate and he went directly up to this eternal dwelling place. So, so the motivation or the power or the reason why he was able to be in this victory always is because um, he was able to open this eternal dwelling place as he kneeled down before on this earth before the Lord. But the reason why we are experiencing these problems because we are not trying to live according to this eternal, eternal dwelling place, but instead we are trying to live according to this um, earthly things. Why? Because we live according to our thoughts. So, so your spirits are bound. So whether it's war, whether it's other situations, the problem is upon spiritual things and heavenly things, not on earthly things. So David, as he prayed, as he prays, the reason why praying and worshiping became his hope is that he understood that he knew that, oh, as long as the gate of heaven is open, everything is done. So Psalms of David are a record, a record of his great spirituality of, of like this. 
So David, in all wars and in all circumstances, the reason why he was able to uh, be victorious over those things is because he lived upon heavenly things. And Daniel was saying, the reason why he was able to even ignore this such a strong decree of an empire, emperor is because he was only allowing the Lord to rule over him. So when we are under his rule, then it's all over. Um, so earthly things are nothing to us. It's meaningless to us. As long as we open the gate of heaven, it's over. It's done. I've been saying this 20 years now. Why, why do you not understand this? So as long as the heaven is open, then it's, it's all over. So do not, do not close the heaven. I mean, what kind of meaning would that have if you, if you do not open the gate of heaven and still live according to these earthly things? You know, sister, where are you going? You're going to open the gates of heaven? To go to intercessor prayer? Let's continue. So, so, oh, within this kind of situation, um, this is why David was able to uh, confess like this. So here, um, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. Here, beauty, Hebrew word is, is Noam, in Hebrew word Noam. It means that God's grace, God's, God's pleasure. So, so on on the earth, he's he's seeing this army and war, but he because he is looking at the Lord, he is having this pleasure and joy. So, Holy Spirit coming in you, what does that mean? You became a heavenly being. Sometimes it sounds very super spiritual, but this is reality. This is real. This is fact. We are the ones to live according to the heaven. We are not the ones to live what is given by the earth. It's not like something that is given by the earth will make you happy. But we are the ones to receive all the heavenly things in order to become happy. But the world, but the world, they will be happy only when they receive like lots of lots of money. But we are not the same. We are the ones to receive God's grace in order to confess, oh, I am the happy. Even though the situation is harsh, the condition is difficult, I am still happy. He's, a, he's singing a song, a, a pop song, Korean pop song. I am happy. So the lyric is, I am happy. So 
So as long as the gate of heaven is open, you are happy. From the heaven comes this beauty of God, joy of the Lord. Amen. So, so, and to, and to seek him in his temple. His temple, it means this holy of holies in the heaven. The seek here is translated as to ask. So as he opens the gates of heaven, he is asking the will of the Lord. So no matter how much you pray on this earth, according to your thoughts, you will never know the will of God. But because you open the gate of heaven, you will begin to understand the will of the Lord. This is all possible when your spirit is open. Why is your spirit not open? Because you live according to your thoughts. There's no other way but to repent upon it. So, listen carefully. Listen well. I mean, if you, if the Holy Spirit is not within you, then I don't have to say about things. But as long as the Holy Spirit is indwelling in you, and if you are having a relationship between God, um, this should be a natural thing, ordinary thing. But David, in verse 5, verse 5 only, as soon as he kneeled down, he bowed down, he opened the gates of heaven, and he received all the beauty of the Lord, and he began to understand the will of the Lord. And he is beginning to ask his will, Lord, how can I enter into this war? So this is a good picture of David kneeling down before the Lord, verse 4. So, Verse 5, let's move on. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. Why was he able to say that he is in confidence within those tribulations? Because he will keep me safe in his dwelling. Dwelling here, it means tabernacle. So, you know, this is a dwelling place or a secret, secret place. So, all David had to do is to be safe, staying in safe a stronghold of the Lord. So within this, this kind of situation, David was able to be in his confidence. Are you, are you receiving this word well? And there are some of you who are not receiving this because your spirit is closed. So, so tonight, you need to open your spirit wide open, just like David, as we pray tonight. This is a, a practical promise of the Lord. Um, ask, ask for this glory, I will pour it to you. This is God's promise. And God's spirit is in you. You need to break down, destroy all the method and ways of yourself. 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the day um, never mind he will hide me um, in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock so so this is the secret of David you are the same you being shaken being uh, rushed being concerned it's because you are not you are not in his stronghold his shelter because he is not covering you with the glory the situation itself is not the factor that makes you nervous or concerned it's not about the situation or condition you know, you know, I'm a person who used to have such a great debt when I first scattered the Elbang church, but but because but because I was able to stay under his shelter, uh, whether the the these these debtors called me, uh, it did not <clears throat> made me fear about it. And because God did not consider that as problems, He He solved all those problems. But if you keep continue to to meditate upon that, then then probably it will become a greater problem to me. So at a certain point, God solved all those issues. And those debt did not become a problem to me anymore, but now I I, I uh, paid paid it back. But, but this is an order. If you are afraid of something, then you are going under that that rule. If you're keeping afraid of a person or a money that has a right to claim claim that person. This is an order. If you have issue of people, um, you will always have issue of people if you do not solve them. If you do not solve the spiritual things. This tremendous spiritual order is such a fearful thing, but as as long, um, but but if you if you open the gate of heaven, then instantly it will become a, become no difficulty. Go to go to look clinic if your spirit is not open yet. Verse six. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. What does it mean? This is this shows an image of a ultimate victory. Even though David was in the midst of a war, after this great meeting with the Lord in verse four and five, this promise became a reality to him. He was able to confirm his victory. At his, at his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. So finally, David became a person. Uh, David was able to um, gladly and without any limitation, he was able to uh, praise the Lord and worship the Lord. 
just like Daniel who went into the animal lion, the first thing that he prayed to the Lord is that is this is Thanksgiving prayer. Lord, uh, thank you for allowing me to enter into the den of lion. Why? Because Daniel opened the gates of heaven and he knew what it meant. People who opened the gate of heaven, then you will understand this. But the people who opened the gate of heaven, you will understand this. I mean, in this kind of situation, how can you sing? How can you praise? So if you do not open the gate of heaven, you will never ever understand. But David confirmed ultimate victory. Everything was over. So look, in all situation of your life, if you seal this issue with the, the confirmation of the victory, no matter what kind of situation is happening before you, it will it will be over. So if you cut off the the um, the tree, even though the stump is there, the tree we call that tree a dead tree. Just like that, these kind of people, with, with these kind of people, they will be able to sing and praise even though the situation is the same. So prayer, prayer. Prayer must end with the victory. Uh, your situation might change or not, but but as, as soon as the Lord sealed that, that prayer with victory, then you should be able to be in joy. Then you will no longer even have to pray about that. Back in the days, in in Israel conference. When we need lots of money, God concluded my prayer with victory, and I no longer prayed about that for weeks. But after, within one week, God, God filled all the finances. So if God concludes the situation, then after that, we don't even have to ask for it. And we will be able to stay in confidence. And just to, we enjoy to witness how God works. And even, even in that situation, I even spent more money. So I'm always like this. If I don't have something, and I spend even more. Well, of course, when I have something, then I spend, but... But, you know, I never, you know, uh, store things. I never, like, save things in order to use that. In Proverbs, verse, verse, uh, chapter 11 appears this word that he, he quotes. Um, uh, I need to find this. Yeah. Chapter 11, verse 24. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds undolly, un but comes to poverty. So, it's not a matter of gathering. So, I even give more, give more to others. This is order. So, no matter how much you gather and store, I mean, you will see, you will see, it will no, I mean, it will not make you wealthy. 
So, I mean, you can you can be rich if you like uh, store and gather some money. But in order to become like like super rich, I mean, it must be allowed by the Lord. So you businessmen spend even more and more. Why? This is spiritual order, spiritual principle. You need to empty yourself more and more in order for God to expand you and uh, enlarge your scale and, and fill you. So the people who calculate well, I mean, this is such a difficult issue for them. And, and Deacon Yom Deacon Yom had to pay tax for 300,000 won but he did not have money because he offered lots of money but you know because he had to pay a tax right <laughs> you know, he was asking Deacon Yom to, um, you know, asking for his permission to share this story. But, but anyways, but you know, you you have to use different ways to solve this problem, right? But but in my thoughts, I told I told Deacon Deacon Yom to not use the sideways to to you know you know get away from that situation. But but Deacon Yom Deacon Yom said, "Oh, I will then not use this sideways from this year." So, anyways, what I'm trying to say is that you need to uh, even give away more. This is something I like about Deacon Yum. He is the person who gives away things very, very well to others. <laughs> this is something I'm very looking good about him. You know, sometimes, you know, give something to me too. Anyways, um, so, text. Do not try to like save more. But instead, just to give more. And I gave an object or goal for, for Deacon Young. Um, hey, um, pray to become a doctor who will pay the most tax in Korea. Isn't that a good goal to... Um, Pursue. So look, let's say let's say if you make like hundred thousand hundred thousand um no never mind hundred million one and pay tax that's not that much but if you have like billion one if you make like billion one and pay the tax that's a lot right? So anyways, Deacon Yum was able to pay the tax in a very um, right way. Yeah.
So from verse 7, let's see. David spiritually concluded his victory. But in his earthly eyes, the situation did not change. But because he confirmed the victory, David now began to sincerely uh, rely upon the Lord. Look at the contrast between the David in verse 1 and 2 and the, the prayer of David in verse 7. Some of you might say, Is, isn't, isn't this such a, a hypocrisy? No. But if you are in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, then you, you, it is possible for you to have these kind of images. Sometimes you can be bold, and sometimes you can be very desperate before the Lord, just like Elijah. After showing such a miraculous victory against the enemies, and right away he went to Mount Carmel to, to uh, look so poor before others' eyes. He kneeled down before the Lord. So if you are in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit will tell you how to do. Will tell you how to do. So from, from verse 7, we will um, go to conclusion very quickly. Verse 7, hear my voice when I call Lord. So here, the, the verb hear, hear, it means desperately. So when I desperately raise my voice, um, hear my voice when I call Lord. So, so it is always um, natural that when he hears, he will answer. So all we need to do is to pray according to His will. All we need to do is to open the gate. Then He will surely hear us and He will surely answer to us. Be mercy here. Be merciful. It means that it does. It is not like because I pray well, Lord, be mercy. No, because I am being to David. Being mercy, it meant that. David could not do anything unless the Lord answers him. So, so to the people who do well without God's answer, God does not have much to do for that people. But because David was the one who relied upon the Lord completely, and unless um, the Lord took an action uh, before his prayer, David did not did not do anything. So, so the Lord was merciful to him. So the ones, the, so the ones who are filled with their own thoughts, you will easily take some action, even though God does not take any action toward his prayer. But David, to David, the Lord is always saying, "Oh, he, he does not do anything. He is the being that if I don't take care of him, he will die." So let's continue verse 8. My heart says to you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. The verb seek here is that seek here is in incomplete tense and, and um, says here is in complete tense. So it means that David never stopped the process of seeking him. 
So this is the secret that, that David was able to open the gate of heaven. He did not go back and forth finding himself and finding for the worldly pleasure and finding the Lord, no. So always David was in the process of seeking the Lord. This, this made David to live always in the Spirit. He was always before the Lord. He was always in the process of seeking the Lord. So look, you um, yesterday or when I preached about Nehemiah, what is important to us is to um, to to choose faith again and again, even though you fall and stumble. It took Abraham 68 years, but but to us, I don't know how long it will take to you. But if you are in that process, then you will be in in the status that you will be, not be able to live unless you are in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. If you do not live according to your faith, you will uh, you cannot stand. And you will meet the time, uh, no matter who you are. And these kind of people will soon experience the Sabbath of faith. But what is important? Our focus is not upon not falling down, but it is okay to fall down. But what it, what matters to us is to raise back up and to seek the Lord and uh, to choose faith. So you need to continuously seek the Lord. This is grace of God. Sometimes. Sometimes, some people, when you fall, there are many of you who just fall into despair. Of course you can fall into despair, but, but as you need to, as soon as possible, to, uh, you need to escape from that situation so that, so that it will deepen your spiritual relationship with the, with the Lord. But as the deeper you fall into this despair, it will become your own character. You know, myself, if I have this dark, dark status for longer than 10 seconds, I mean, I cannot stand that. So it is, it is difficult to me. If I don't have light, then it is painful to me. So the longer your dark darkness is, and these, these people can say, oh, well, I'm just in a hard time. I'm having a hard time. But, but sorry to say that, but these, these people are strengthening the, the amount of darkness in you and the, um, what's it called? the amount of fleshly power within them. You can say, well, I'm, I'm not meditating upon this fleshly power, but instead, instead I'm just, you know, having, uh, meditating upon myself. So at the end time, the enemies will, will, will just grab hold upon the, the, the rule over the person. Back in the days, in Zoe ministry, um, 
One of the Zui ministry pastor who came from Incheon had a mother-in-law who went into a um, who went devil possessed after three days. So. So we cannot guarantee anyone how long um, we can we can stay. So the instant we sense the darkness, you need to raise up right back again. Uh, oh, never mind. Oh, yeah, verse 8. My heart says to you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. So you need to keep, meet him, listen to him. You need to uh, sustain. You need to keep having this relationship. And the, the more you, you meet him, the more you the more you you find him he will come and interfere in your life um, in the midst of your conversation with others God will keep telling you things sometimes the Lord comes to you and say oh that person is saying a weird thing so continuously so you need to continuously meet the Lord and seek the Lord Verse 9, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. And we've been saying this over and over again. David was in a great relationship with the Lord, but he once again um, confessed in a different nuance. The Lord, do not hide me. Do not, uh, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn away. So, as we said, uh, you can have different, different images like this. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, but these two are both needed to these people. You can be both confident and you can be also uh, very in, in a poor heart before the Lord. Without you, I cannot do anything. So these two are very good evidence of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And if you have prayed in the Holy Spirit, you will, you will understand this. You will understand this. Verse 10, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. So this is a uh, emphasis of David that he, the Lord will never forsake me even though my uh, earthly father and mother will forsake me. Why? Why did David confess like this? What are these kind of um, confessions for? Is to um, keep proclaim the righteousness. And it is to tell the enemies and, and let, let them remind the enemies who I am. And as you pray, you will experience this kind of thing too. Lord, through your holy righteousness, I understand my nobility, my qualification. And we always proclaim like this in our prayer. Why? For our own confirmation and the reminder to the enemies. This must happen within your prayer too. And David is the same here. So verse 11, verse 11, teach me your, within this situation, um, verse 11, within this kind of situation, 
As David entered into verse 7, David had poor, this poor heart, and he wanted to meet the Lord, and he is saying why he needs to meet the Lord from verse 11. Teach me your way, Lord. He's in the midst of war, but he needs to meet the Lord in order to learn, learn his ways. So David is saying that the reason why he needs to meet the Lord is to learn his ways. Why? Why? When this darkness comes, the reason why we fail is not because our enemy is strong or the situation is difficult or the circumstances is severe. No, it's because the reason of failure is because we don't know what is disobedience before the Lord. So we don't understand. When we don't know what is not the way of the Lord, then then we fail. So in this kind of context, David is praying, Lord, teach me your ways. This is such a sensitive issue. So the reason of victory and, and lose, it all comes from the Lord and God has all the reasons and aspects of victory. So all the reason of my failure comes from my disobedience. So my relationship between the Lord determines my victory or my 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 defeat. So you should not be deceived. I'm I'm being victorious because of that person because of this. I'm being defeated because of that attack. That no, it's all about my relationship between the Lord. So if you continue to live with the Lord more and more, you need to experience this inflow outer experiences being disappeared more and more. So as you continue your spirituality, if you cannot go outside of yourself, you cannot you cannot live by the Holy Spirit. But there are many of you who are still in this kind of status. Let's say Let's say if you are if you cannot get away from your spiritual um family line then then you will always be bound by that. Let's say this country and nation. If you cannot go outside of this country and nation, then you will always be under the, that influence. So you will always be under the rule of antichrist. You need to be able to get away from that influence. So this is this should be the process of your spirituality. And David, David was the person who um, escaped from all the spiritual influences that he used to have. So always with this spiritual bindings, spiritual chains, you will you will never be able to get away from that if you are still under that influence. So it's not about um, outer influences. So it, it is a matter of my relationship between the Lord. Of course, so of course, the aspect of the church is always within that relationship. So I'm, I'm talking about the same thing. My relationship between the church, my relationship between the Lord is the same. 
So you need to always examine about this. So let's make this one one thing clear. You need to open your eyes and see, oh, so, oh, the reason why I succeed, the reason why I fail is not about our things. Let's say I'm, I'm stupid. That doesn't mean it will become the reason for my failure. No, never. Let's say my father did not have... My father was poor. Would that be my, my reason for my failure, my defeat? No. The only reason for the failure and victory would be the relationship between the Lord. If this is a fraud, I will be the representative to go walk into help on behalf of all of you. So do not be deceived. I mean, so moreover, because of my country, because of because I was born in this kind of country, no, this cannot this cannot become an excuse. And God is a God who makes us to um, transcend all this influence of South Korea or Korean Peninsula. So do not be afraid. Do not be deceived. So David understood all of this, and that's the reason why he was able to pray, Lord, teach me your ways. Why? Because the, the aspects of victory laid there. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. David did not pray in order to, you know, have a very uh, comfortable ways, but instead, instead, he is boldly saying, it is impossible for the, the opponent of the Lord to proclaim victory. Lord, I don't, it is impossible for me to see that. So he had this vengeance, vengeanceful heart against the enemies. So, so you know when I fail when I fall down um, it itself will hurt the feeling of the Lord but if you think of the enemies you know being being happy against my fail about my failure then you should feel very alert and you cannot see the, the, the enemies, you will never be able to understand who the Lord is. He is the one who always has a wrath against the enemies. And this cannot be separated. The wrath against the enemies. So it should be clear. This should be a normal image for the people who are being saved. They should be able to always have this alertness against the enemies. Verse 12, do not turn me over to the desires of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. And this is about spiritual pride, just like Daniel. And his spiritual pride was so high, he had this spiritual pattern, his prayer pattern to open uh, the windows of an upper stair room to pray out loud before the Lord. But, but um, the enemies made a, a very weird strategy, very um, malicious strategy against Daniel so that he couldn't pray out, like that, out loud like that. So Daniel, instead of hiding from them, he chose to... Uh, raise up his spiritual pride even more and he boldly prayed even more. So this spiritual pride is not a small thing. It's about your existence. Why did Esau, why did Esau destroy, was, why did he destroy? 
because he sold the, his nobility. He sold this this um uh this blessings of the firstborn. And when you look at David, he he could not stand the Lord um treating the evil uh, in uh, in the same field as David. He could not he he felt very um um. Shameful or or very offended if he is being treated uh, same with the wicked after the census. The Lord, the Lord, um, told told David what kind of punishment would you receive? David said, "It appears in Second Samuel." Let's look at Second Samuel's. Um, 2nd Samuel's 20 Let's look at 2nd Samuel's 20 something ish. 뭐래? 24th? Mm. 이런게이런게하나님이다우셔사랑하는이유예요이런게이런게하나님이다우셔사랑하는이유예요이런게이런게하나님이다우셔사랑하는이유예요이런게이런게하나님이다우셔사랑하는이유예요이런게이런게하나
So these are special prize. These are not small things. If you have God's sensitivity, in a single day, in a single day, you will choose the words to please the Lord, the action to please the Lord. These things will be be um, be ascended to the Lord. But if you close the spirit, um, in 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 your without your willing, um, you you wouldn't be able to notice that you you are making God unpleasant. So in one day, it might seem very small, but but God would never. Um, I mean, I never let those kind of things happen. So God is pleased with me with those kind of things. And if you live by the faith, if you live by the spirit, you will be sensitive. And these are not small things, but conclusionally, if these things are stored and if these these are gathered, God will feel very proud about that spirit. And God called David, He is pleasant in my heart. So your name should be in that that sentence too so let's conclude verse 13 I will um, I remain confident of this I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living so this is um, actually this is actually in Hebrew so in right translation uh, unless I knew that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of living and the result is blah blah so if I have not seen the goodness of the Lord I would have fallen into defeat something like that well it's, it's a similar similar statement but the nuance is different so what's the goodness of the Lord? And the land of living, it means this world. The reason why David was explaining this, describing this land, land of living, and to David, whether you are living or dead on this earth, it does not really matter. So, David is saying that if I have not believed in the Lord, in the land of living, I would not have entered into the eternal kingdom. And David always opened his eyes toward the eternal kingdom, so he did not have much hope on this earth. He did not have any hope, actually. So, so because and, and because he is keep looking at the goodness of the Lord, he could be victorious, he could be uh, he could stay in God's beauty. And he's saying, if I did not have seen this, if I have been if have if I have not been seeing this, I could not probably live like this. I could not live like this. So the factor of victory lays here. It is not because he had a great weapon. No, because he lived like this. Because he continued to live within the goodness of the Lord.
So David transcended the matter of life and death. And it is the same to all of us. We transcended from this matter of life and death. Verse 14. So, so with the confirmation of victory, was the action that David will take later? is to wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. So this could be easy and this could be difficult, but, but after all his prayer, this was the only thing that David did, to wait for the Lord, nothing else. Of course, God sometimes commands him to do something, but for the most part, for the most part, what David had to do was to wait for him. This is simple. And after God receives all my prayer, all I need to do is just to, to wait for him. But not simply David just waited with him with nothing, but with he... he he waited the Lord in the strength and in, in courage. So he did not just simply wait for him, but instead he was clothed with God's beauty. And I will conclude today's message, tonight's message, but let's, uh, let's summarize. David, David, becoming a pleasing person to the Lord, and the reason was, was that he was able to communicate and having relationship between the Lord, having the heavens wide open. And as after the Holy Spirit comes within us, he completely changes us into spiritual beings. So, so we are the ones to live by the Spirit. But instead, but instead we've been living according to our flesh. That's the reason why we are facing all the problems. It's not a matter of our choices. Many people think that living by the Spirit is a very super spiritual thing and a very abstract thing. No, it's very practical, very real, and living by flesh is real. But, but the difference is that if you live by the flesh, your, your destiny is the damnation, but if you live by the Spirit, you will go to the eternal kingdom. I mean, we are not focused on that, but... But because the Holy Spirit is within us, we will automatically open the gate of heaven. And, and in, order for, in order to do that, we need to open our spirits. But if you are not like that, as soon as possible, desire and yearn and meet the event of Damascus as soon as possible. This is not, not prepared for some people. No, all people who have the fullness of the Spirit, for all of them, it is prepared by the Lord in the church. So you need to meet them. And David was the one who opened the gate of heaven. And that's the reason why before this great war, David was able to not be shaken. And David did not like try his best or put his effort to stay in calm. But if if you are in the faith, naturally the fear will disappear. Naturally, you will not be be afraid. This is the easiest thing. Why? Because because God is the most fearful fearful God. So to whom are we? Should we be afraid of? Not even not even our wife, right? <laughs> 
아, 성인이 되는데 장세대. 성인. 왜나안 되죠? Let's bless one another or ask one another, are you afraid of anything? If, if, if the person is afraid of something, um, deliver that bed out from him or her. You're not afraid of anything, right? So secondly, 자, 자, so look, so because he's living with the spirit of the Lord, he did not have to, he, he does not have to live by his own method. And he does not have to apply his own ways, own knowledge, own method. But not only David, but to all the people who live by the Spirit of the Lord, they should be applied. There is no need for you to claim your own ways. All you have to do is just to wait and look to the Lord. That's everything. This is the most important thing. Amen? So to these people, what's important? It surely is that all the victory lies on relationship between the Lord. So you need to, you should be able to see these always. To our young adults, I always emphasize this. Always. You are not failing because you do not meet the qualification of the world or the perspective and standard of the world. No. Having lots of good um, specification on your resume or or you know doing something not even not even Daniel who was in the core part of Babylon why why did he not use his own power in order to survive and to live or to practice it's because he knew that these these cannot um, decide the victory of him and he knew that uh, the factor that decides his victory is not his money, power, or the influence, but instead it is God's um, God's relationship with with him that that determines that that decides the victory. So we should have the same image of as Daniel. And God, God will raise these kind of people at the end time. Who are they? They are the remnants. So, so characteristic of these people, the remnants, are they feel offended when they are treated the same with the, 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 the wicked, the spiritual pride. You should treat this preciously. You should never um, sell your spiritual um, nobility. This is one of the most important reasons why God is treating us um, preciously, why He is cherishing us. Oh, He does not. Oh, He does not. Um, uh, treat, treat my spiritual pride lightly. Not killing the anointed, 
And these kind of things, these kind of uh, pleasing words, pleading, pleasing action, and pleasing decision in the heart, these are keeping um, ascended to the Lord. And these kind of people will have little, little, little hindrance um, living with the Lord. And you should believe that God has a strong will to make us like that in this season. So let's pray. This meaningless word and meaningless factor do not uh, be shaken by these. These are nothing. These are nothing. Sun-chan, brother Sun-chan, are you still, are you happy? Pastor Yoon will probably visit you to write um, the research paper about you. Of course, um, the attack was quite severe, but I guess because our, our kids are praying in the Western world wall. <laughs> Imagining our kids wearing kippah on, on their heads and praying like that. Anyways, let's pray. Father, Father, open the gates of heaven. Father, Father, there are some of us who consider the spiritual things very um, superstitious and weird, but, but that's, that's because they lived uh, their life of flesh for a long time. At least, at least let them be able to catch whether the, the heaven is opened or not. But Father, to those people, Father, let them um, repent deeply and let them experience the gates of heaven being opened over them. Even though the place I'm kneeling down is Yelbang Church, but Lord, let us experience that I'm practically, I'm actually in front of your throne of grace. Father, to all of our church members, all of our, our community members, let them experience this amazing, this tremendous, um, fearful uh, meeting with your meeting with you Lord and we know clearly you are not looking for these exceptional people on the world Father let all the bindings of the spirit uh, be loosened Father Father let all the fleshly power be destroyed and removed Father Lord just as David confessed to the Lord Lord teach me your ways Father Lord in all circumstances Father Lord do not let us rely upon what, uh, upon our information our knowledge Father let us pray let us uh, repent deeply before you Father let us be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit 